0: the lag always confuses
1: people. Mm-hmm.
0: True. But me and Proma are perfectly in sync. We're And also we're Skype pros.
1: You guys have been friends on Skype for years, right?
2: Yeah.
0: Longer since, than since 2005.
1: Wasn't it something like uh, just tonight you guys had each other on Skype?
0: <laughs> I don't appreciate guys. this. I've had, I've had the same Skype since 2005 because I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but promo is a professional.
1: <laughs> Thank you for joining us. We've all reached the fifth episode of the seventh season. Eastwatch.
0: And with us today is my best friend in the entire world, an entertainment reporter for Mashable, Proma Kosla.
1: Proma. Hello.
0: Proma is my OG internet friend from back in the early 2000s. We met in a chat room. We both love magic and dragons. And now Proma does a ton of work for Game of Thrones for Mashable and here we are. I actually um,
2: temporarily changed my Twitter bio to Mashable Game of Thrones reporter (laughs) instead of Mashable Entertainment reporter because that's that's basically, that's at least 80% of what I've been writing. I think
1: it's a real job now.
2: It is a real job. Not one (laughs) person.
1: This is, at one point, the old stories were, this is my old friend Proma. And then now, since that was so long ago, I can kind of say the same thing too. So Thank you so much for coming on Game Bones. This is this is as we were saying before we started. This whole thing's coming a full circle.
2: Yeah, I'm so excited. Oh no, there's so many loud sounds over <laughs> here. Did you hear
0: that? <laughs> <Yes>. Oh, yeah. <laughs> been, they're just gonna keep happening. Um, I need to find a quiet moment. I could not be more excited to talk about this episode with you because literally, like two seconds after the episode ended, you texted me saying that you didn't love it. Yes, and so Ouch. a nice way of saying it. We are just coming off of episode five, so we're just an hour. After seeing this for the first time.
1: Before we go any further, Gilly truth bombs.
0: Gilly truth bombs. Gilly casually. Okay, so many O's coming in today. Gilly. Gilly Gilly casually talking about ragar or ragar. Annulment. Everybody,
1: Uh annulment.
0: Who would have thought? I'm
1: sorry. I'm excited.
0: No, it's like the word (laughs) annulment is everything that we could have ever. I mean, I know we've talked about R Plus L equals J, and we have Have had mostly confirmation, but to have her casually drop that and have Sam just kind of brush over that and be worried about the ten million other things he's concerned with, I feel like that was one of those moments in this episode where we were all standing up and screaming.
1: You mean when John touched Drogon? (laughs) Sorry, we'll get there.
0: We'll get there. But yeah, (laughs) Yeah. like
2: that's not something
0: I never expected
2: any sort of legal legitimacy. To R plus L. I know. Yes, like maybe, you know, this happened. There is a Jon Snow. They work together in some capacity. They have a child, but like, like his annulment.
1: Yeah. So that means he's no bastard. That means it's <laughs> he's less
2: of a bastard.
1: Well, yeah. <laughs>
2: he has a strong claim.
1: I mean, in the same episode where Jon Snow, excuse me, bastard no longer, where, where he stood in front of Drogon on that cliffside with the wind blowing and the sea salt spraying. she lands he roars
0: i know it that was, was
2: so in our faces of like john has a connection to these dragons john is a dragon, oh yeah
0: but also i loved it it was much better than him talking about I can't remember exactly the quote, but from was it the first episode or the second episode? It was the second episode when he arrives at Dragonstone, and and the dragon swoops in right over his head as soon as he talks about his his parentage or that yeah. he's a bastard or whatever it is. I can't remember
1: when he's like, "I'm no Stark," and the dragon's like, "No shit." Yeah,
0: that was like hitting <laughs> us over the head with the fact yeah. that John is a Targaryen. But this I moment with Drogo was <laughs> when really no cool.
2: Dialogue. The show gets a lot better.
0: Well, yes, and so this like you can feel between. You see John's hand shaking for every good reason. Also, John needs to wash his hands. <laughs> yeah, his fingernails <laughs> are a little dirty. <laughs> yeah. Well, Danny's up there watching this whole thing unfold. And that was a pretty unbelievable moment.
1: Literally the hottest thing she has ever seen. Yeah, yeah. she was
0: way too ever. turned on.
1: <laughs> I mean, he was standing in front of Drogon, which is worse than a dinosaur, and he's massive. And your back is to a huge cliff that you would fall and die down. And he gets in his face and he doesn't. The it. way to Ecclesi- I mean, his heart is to dragons. So true. And the way to Drogon's heart is to be a Targaryen. <laughs>
2: yeah. His eyes
1: dilated. He loved John or trusted him or something. And I felt very emotional
2: yeah i was thinking of i'm gonna bring up harry potter but when harry meets Buckbeak and like mm-hmm. he's very respectful and he earns his trust and he's scared he's 13 and this is like a giant creature but
0: they have that same mutual yeah there's that mutual
2: because harry potter is part hippogriff right. <laughs> right
1: he has the tattoo after all <laughs> he
0: does have the, the tattoo on his chest i heard about it <laughs> <laughs> danny gets off drogon and and Tells John how beautiful they are. And and John's like, well, sort of, <laughs> not really. And then Danny kind of gives him a look and he's like, yeah, I love dragons. Like, it's <laughs> such a cool dragon. I love it so much.
1: <laughs> I know that we love the scene and I know that we're going to be a little all over the place tonight because this was exciting and we're excited to have Promo here. And also, it's Sunday night. And a
2: lot of things happened. Like, this was Game of Thrones is usually like, and something I've said about it is that before in the past is that, like, they do fewer scenes and they do longer scenes. Like, it wasn't abnormal in, on this show to f- have like a 15, 20 minute scene in one place. But this episode was just like two minutes here, two minutes there. Yeah. Okay, Jorah's back. No, he's not. Someone's leaving. Someone's, they, in a boat. They were Someone's getting were all over boat. the
0: place.
1: The Stark Scrolls just being jet in different setting. locations.
2: At least yeah. the Stark stayed in one place. I can't keep up with like
1: Tyrion,
0: Davos, Tyrion, just yeah. <laughs> jet setting.
1: Gendry? King's Landing. Gendry! Gendry! Sorry. Gendry uses a hammer. I Everybody.
0: Gendry's been ready to go for seasons. <laughs> He's been waiting for someone to show up and
2: address him. No one has spoken to him in four years.
1: Why would Gendry want to stay in King's Landing and create weapons for the family that murdered his father?
2: I love that Davos said, I thought you might still be rowing. Yes. <laughs> <So> no- <Yep. laughs> normally, a lot of the stuff this season that I've had a problem with is that on the nose, like, fan servicey dialogue. Yeah. Like But they've been giving it in some cases to the right people. Like, when Tyrion says that whole thing to John about, like, you're really good at brooding, I was like, oh my god, this is we get it, he's good at brooding, but at least Peter Dinklage can pull this off. Same mm-hmm. thing tonight. Like at least Liam Cunningham can just be can absolutely rock the thought you might still be rowing line.
1: It was perfect. Sometimes they nail it. What do you what do you think is the recipe?
2: I think the characters have to sort of build up the permission for it. Like you would expect or accept rather, um, a kind of sassy tongue in cheek line from someone like Davosyrian. You don't you can't really take that from you know, from Cersei, from Daenerys, from some of the more dramatic people. Even, I wouldn't say, like, Arya, Sansa. There's very few characters that can carry those lines.
0: I totally agree. And Davos is one of them. And as soon as Davos started walking through Flea Bottom, and as soon as I saw the steel working, whatever the the technical term, the hammer, I just started screaming, no, (laughs) (laughs) this (laughs) is happening. And I knew, I mean, there's been a lot of speculation this season that this is going to happen. We've been kind of thinking about how and when and where and why. And the fact that Davos just rolls back up to where Gendry hiding under the nose of of Cersei and and the Lannisters just doing his thing. I totally agree, Promo, with what you're saying in the sense of like, when it's a character like Davos that's bringing this about, it works because he's less of a serious character than somebody like even the Stark kids. And so... He's
2: also my number one living fave. So he <laughs> yep. could do anything on this show. Like, I don't, I don't even... Know. He could jump on one of the dragons, like, ride it up north <laughs> of the wall, swoop around, and, like... Wearing sunglasses, and I'd be like, "This, show <laughs> like, this
0: is, is really canon." Good. I don't know <laughs> yeah. if I'd be bothered by that.
1: George R. R. Martin is a genius. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but this brings up this broader question of this entire season and kind of how I felt like some of the storylines have been carried really well, and some of them haven't. And a lot of issues with what I had last episode, I think, came down to some of these different character interactions and how lines were delivered and how they interact with each other. And that came up again a little bit for me with Sansa and Arya in this episode, and. I think there's a lot to unpack with what's happening with Littlefinger there and kind of their old dynamic falling back into place and Littlefinger playing into that which I know we've been dogging on Littlefinger but that's a very smart move on his part and so I was happy to see him making some sort of move but the Sansa Arya stuff when the two of them when the two of them are arguing like little sisters but then sansa's like okay i have work to do now mm-hmm. to me those don't land in the same way
1: as yeah. some of these
0: other introductions and some of these other characters having conversations um like jamie and Tyrion, and john and gentry and thoros and beric and the Jeez. hound and you know so <laughs> yeah i was
2: talking about this with someone this week with Robert sansa and Arya, which is I wish we got more time with them in general. Like, I would love to spend just a whole episode with them if we could, because they a they had such a strained relationship when they were younger and when they last saw each other, and then b because of how quickly and drastically and t- traumatically they were separated, they lost this really formative period of time. I think like a really critical period, just like in general as a person growing up, mm-hmm. um, but also a time at which you do forge these. Relationships that kind of solidify these relationships with your siblings, like their teens would have been when they sort of put their differences aside, I think, and started bonding more. and it just didn't like they they missed that whole thing. And now they've met again, and they're completely different people. and it's just it it's weird. Mm-hmm.
1: so I guess if they survive this struggle, then this will be what helps them create that bond,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, and once again, it's in under very, like strange circumstances. i just i I think that Proma Is making a good point in the sense that they miss these early development because they did have this strain. And I've been worried that, and I worried before the season began, that them coming back together would mean that they kind of fall into these same exact archetypes that they were in before when they were little kids and that they wouldn't have grown at all. And I don't know if that's necessarily happening because I think it's unrealistic for us to expect that they're going to greet each other in the same way John and Sansa greeted each other because John and Sansa, while they weren't ever close and we didn't really see them interact at all, they didn't have the same type of strained relationship. I do think that Littlefinger is, is making a smart play on kind of tapping into the two of them because this building that needs to happen and this reacquaintance and how different they are and and all that kind of stuff is is happening under very tumultuous circumstances. And I I agree that all that needs to happen. I just don't know if it's being delivered in the way I would particularly like to see it, but I do think again that like if there's going to be a rift that you know Littlefinger's been trying to plant this rift between Sansa and Jon and that didn't really work very well. And so now they've got this more volatile situation that that he can use to play in his favor. If if whatever he tries to accomplish plays I out I so
2: much. I can't even respect his tactics because I just hate him so much. You
0: don't like him with his head like creeping around the <laughs> corner in the darkness and his little <laughs> smile? Perfectly in the door. Yeah, his smarmy little smile has never given me nightmares.
1: <laughs> We've seen Littlefinger play this game. We've seen Littlefinger be Littlefinger over the course of the whole series. We've seen him commit murder. We've seen him fashion the deaths of many people. We've seen him throw conflicts into motion. But there was something about watching him spy on Arya and and also knowing that he was actively manipulating Arya in her own home that was the darkest little finger stuff for me mm-hmm. thinking yeah. about what exactly he's up to here and it makes me rethink and reposition a lot of my thoughts of the first on the first part of the the, yeah. uh, the season for him yeah
2: it's intrusive because we haven't seen him with Arya that much ever other than when she was at King's Landing briefly and he already like kind of had set his sights on Sansa.
0: And the last time we saw them together was at Harrenhal and he didn't acknowledge that they hmm. saw each other. So like we haven't seen them together in forever. I don't
2: know that Arya would fall for this. I think that's what I'm struggling with. Like I feel like she'd be too smart for Littlefinger. But then again, she hasn't been dealing with these types of machinations as it were. Mm-hmm. She has been like training with assassins and Stuff
1: like that. That's part of the dramatic struggle right now between the two sisters when I watch mm-hmm. it. I, I, It's almost as bad as Bran being close to Jon at Craster's Keep and wanting to yell at the TV to say, just meet up already. You're so close. Oh. It's, Arya and Sansa are together. And the seeing them not understand each other, seeing Arya, it's almost like, is she, knowing what we know about her intelligence and what she's gone through, both of them really, when when seeing her speak to Sansa and being bothered about the fact that or, or, or thinking back to the fact that Sansa liked nice things because Sansa nice was things. using yeah. her parents' bedroom with—it's hard to say, say because she's still young, and we she seems so strong and so resolute because of her skills and the way she's grown and adapted to to violence, I guess. But at the same time, it's almost poetic because it would be the kind of closest to your heart sort of fallacy that would be the hardest to to go over, and no matter how strong you are, it'd be—I think it, knowing what I know about Arya, that might be. Something difficult for her to see past versus Sansa because their experiences were so different.
0: Exactly. And Sansa plays, they have this conversation and, and Arya is upset that she thinks that Sansa hasn't given Jon enough credit or hasn't defended him enough. And Sansa's trying to explain to her that she's playing a political game here and that she can't just right. chop everyone's head off. And they're they're coming at it from these very two perspectives, and and we've talked at length about the fact that Sansa brings one set of skills to the table, Arya brings another set of skills to the table. So they're both going to approach these conversations from their backgrounds, and they're two very different things. And I
2: don't know that they've had the like sit down catch up, you know, talk me through your the past several years of your life conversation because it's been right. Really, rough well, they need for both to. Of them.
1: So, just give us that that scene as a cold open yeah. next episode.
2: Yeah, it's like a sisterly
0: slumber party. They're like eating <laughs> s'mores, drinking some tea.
1: We got the Archmaesters arguing about how they're going to handle business. We can get a little bit of Winterfell action, I think.
0: Yeah, that scene with with the Archmaesters was wrong <laughs> in a good way. Uh, that was a great, just way too
2: topical. Like a lot of old white men making decisions, <laughs> denying facts.
1: Sam's like, listen, I loved it. if you guys simply. Just you guys here in this room, just you, if you just listen to what I'm telling you that I saw, if you just believe me, this one thing, then everyone will believe you. What do you say? And they're like, ah. my
0: favorite part about that is how they're so dismissive of Bran. And then they're also like, and I they said a lot of things. I didn't catch all of them. But they also mention about. The drowned god and how how yeah. how could they believe in something like that? I too? did not miss that. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I need to fight all of you. So, <laughs> <laughs> but it was it's it's cool to have those callbacks in these types of scenes, and I like that. I think that going back to something that we talked a lot about last episode. And I don't mean to kind of harp on that, but I feel like I've been thinking a lot about why I liked this episode versus why I didn't love last episode. I felt like moments like this, there's a lot of callbacks and depth to what was going on that we didn't quite see or I wasn't satisfied with enough last episode. And so as they're talking in the Citadel about Rhaegar casually and about Drown God and Bran seeing stuff beyond the wall and this collective knowledge, you can I felt like you can feel their collective knowledge there as, as Sam is trying to get this point across that this army of the dead thing is real and what Bran is saying is, is legitimate and genuine.
2: Oh, there was no Bran this week. <laughs>
0: There was like two seconds of brand, but yeah,
2: there wasn't two seconds really
0: too many. But.
1: It was the, my second favorite brand of the season, second to Chaos as a Ladder. He felt like he was in charge in that small moment we had him with his maester by his side. I was like, this is the Lord of Winterfell, kind of.
0: And then we found out very quickly that he was not. That's true. Uh, before we get too far
2: from it, I want to pour one out for Dickon. Oh, a true hero.
1: Well, we should probably talk about that. That was a sad but beautiful scene.
2: Mm-hmm. Not went out for Randall though. Yeah. <laughs> no, Randall, you uh deserved it. So, bye.
1: Amazingly performed though. Those two actors, th- how they made that hillside. I mean, just o- obviously the cinematography and the direction and oh the my writing. Oh gosh, and, and all of that just can just on, but, the, hill, mm-hmm. up there, up on the hill
2: up there. while Danny's talking. Took my, took my breath away.
0: Yes, took my breath away. That's the two of them Epic. refusing to bend the knee and oh, my favorite part was uh dickens like you're gonna have to kill me too and danny goes who are you (laughs) that's like (laughs) me and all of us before this season began
2: (laughs) well and also but yeah so daenerys getting going full like targaryen lineage up in here like she straight up said i'm not here to murder right after giving them the choice of bend the knee or die or bend the knee mm-hmm. or be killed. Yeah, so that's true. In real time, mm-hmm. I've seeing bend the knee. It's not a phrase we've heard before this season now. It's like the new catchphrase. Yeah. Mm, it's not great. And then Tyrion clearly struggling. He, I really liked him in this scene because he's desperately trying to negotiate some merc- mercy and like inject reason into the situation because that's who he is. He's like a logical, reasonable person. And when he sees the leader he's chosen to follow veering away from that, he panics. And I, I kind of get flashes of like, that must have been mirrored similarly mirrored to something that jamie w- went through before with daenerys's father
0: yeah we get this and then we get that conversation that he has with Varys and, and Varys talking about the struggles he went through with a mad king so my question is and i think a question we can come away from this episode continuing to ask is whether or not danny is making the right choices here or if she should have done what she did with with tarlys or if xyz you know is is she headed in this direction? is she playing too much into her Mad Queen tenden Mad Queen, Targaryen, Mad King, whatever tendencies, or is she making the right call? And I don't know if we can particularly answer that for sure, but I'm just curious at what your guys' thoughts are on Danny as she stands right here at the mid season seven. One thing that's just this is much smaller
2: than you asked like a really big picture question, but John doesn't know that these men were burned alive, to my knowledge, right after the battle. Sam still doesn't know about his father and brother. And as these two parties find out, that's going to be, I think that's going to mess with John's, I wouldn't say loyalty to Daenerys, but his sort of growing seed of trust. And Sam's going to probably be be like, don't trust her. She's a murderer, even though my father sucked.
1: Yeah. Especially if Sam arrives and they get the news around the same time. Bad timing. too
2: much. I think I'm, Overwhelmed. I feel a little overwhelmed and scattered <laughs> because so much happened this episode. So many reunions, and it's now just big players meeting and talking. And like, there's there's no separation anymore. Everyone's kind of playing on the same field, and it's stressful.
1: But doesn't it feel natural? Does it? To me, it just kind of feels like. A, a, a couple episodes ago, yeah, they they made the shift that were you know like endgame here it comes. Jorah is healed, he looks great, he's standing here. This is John, I knew your dad.
2: I screamed for Jorah too. I care a lot about Jorah. I do
1: too. That was there were so many moments like that tonight where I that the most was the interaction between John and Drogon, but. The list goes on.
0: I think Jamie Tyrion may have been my favorite character. Yeah, okay, character we about that. Yeah. So,
1: wow.
2: Well, the best part, right at the, the top of that scene is Bronn introducing them. And for a second, I was like, here we are, the three bros are together. I know. <laughs> just, just get in a boat and leave all of
0: this behind. I know. I didn't take any notes on this conversation. I typically take very extensive notes and I didn't take any notes on this conversation because I was just so just transfixed onto what was happening. Number one, I was surprised that jamie and braun didn't get captured and that they mm. just swam away me too but yeah the two of them having this opportunity to connect and talk jamie and, and Tyrion kind of goes into sort of why he's made these decisions that he's made and jamie's so angry and just and then they're talking about this plan that i really want to get into because i need your guys's opinion and to help me sort out what all oh, this yeah. is the, the two of them together was just I just, I loved it. I loved it so much. You do kind of go back in time. And I'm sure they felt
2: that too of, you know, the when they last saw each other was what the end of season four. And things were just so different. They've both seen so much since then and grown and like, to have to kind of dial it back themselves and be like, No, here's why I did this thing several years ago, is confusing mentally and internally mm-hmm. and at the same time like jamie can't really defend tywin but he can't contain his anger towards Tyrion. and he literally sure... just found out about Elena. yeah Ugh. good timing. he traces a lot i think jamie probably had a much more peaceful life at that time and he just like has been in a spiral ever since yeah i think what joffrey's death was the f- was like the first domino in many for jamie he had a he had a lot of struggles before and was dealing with things but from joffrey onward Losing all of his children, watching Cersei progressively lose it and then, you know, kill up thousands of people, maybe hundreds of people at the sept is he can he traces all of this chaos back and losing his father too, he traces all this chaos back to probably to that wedding. Mm
1: -hmm. Do you think it overshadows the hand?
2: Uh, It's different. I think the hand was just kind of a personal
1: thing, like two different sorts of struggles that he's going through.
2: Honestly, I don't. I think he definitely misses his hand, but that was also the start of his adventures with Brienne, which he is grateful <laughs> for
0: because they're in love.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: and his quote-unquote redemption arc that we're still kind of waiting on. Yeah. I
1: don't know about that. Well, we did get to look at the end of the kiss, though. I forgot about that. I was hopeful because I was crushed. I know we're jumping around. Sorry, it's Sunday. But Cersei was pointing at her. Belly, and then they kissed, and then oh my god, my crest fell. Do we believe her? I don't. I don't know if he does. Did you see the look after she gave it away? She was like,
2: "Don't betray me." She had
1: him, and she was hugging him, kissing him. Yeah, now never betray me again.
2: Think I really do believe in that prophecy that was given to Cersei, and I think that if she is actually if she's telling the truth, she's not going to see like we're not going to see this child. No, like she
0: had her three children. That's that's a lot. Yeah, no, if she's telling the truth. I don't know how, what to make of all of that at this point. But I do think that, I do think that, and we've said this, that Jamie is not as speedily on this <laughs> anti Cersei train as I think a lot of us yeah. would like him to go. But hey, he'll get there. Also,
2: Euron has been just gone for like two weeks.
1: <laughs> Raising the drowned god. I just with that mysterious cut to the high tower where it lingered with the flames billowing and that strange mention of the Drowned God. I'm hopeful. I don't I don't know if we're ever going to get into that, but uh
2: Wait, I Hannah, you wanted to talk about Tyrion's, this grand plan. This hilarious plan they have of just, like, bringing White Walker south. Oh, yeah. Literally, what? Only one. Did the characters talk about it, and then listening to the showrunners talk about this in the afterward, in the, like, in behind the episode thing, was laughable. <laughs> Please. I'm like, they're...
0: Break it down they're for me.
2: like keychains you pick up at a truck stop when you're driving around the country. They are literally murderous ice zombies.
1: Do you think that they're going to capture one of the big ones with the beards and one of those tiny bone guys that carry the little hatchets?
2: I don't know what. There's just it, it's not feasible. <laughs> and at no point in this does John say, "Uh, like that's crazy. This is a dumb. You can't do that.
0: They are murderous ice
2: zombies."
0: I think he's hyped to get. Back into action. Yeah, John
2: just wants to, like, he just wants to, like, put his IKEA rug back on, which he did. But <laughs> I'm gonna, I was brainstorming a list of, like, ways to trans best ways to transport White Walkers south.
1: They had to build a really good cage, I think.
2: A, bit, a really good cage is one, I think, just like a sturdy suitcase, a cooler, a big cooler, <laughs> maybe several coolers. Maybe you want to break it up.
1: Or take one of Danny's dragons, fly and pick one up with the teeth of the dragon, and then fly to King's Landing.
0: Yeah. So the Freeze plan is <laughs> the plan is to go north of the wall which we saw the shot of the squad heading north to get one Dream white team. walker <laughs> and bring it back to King's Landing. <laughs> it's just so strange. It's
2: like like those men who believe in mermaids, like going on the expedition like at it. sea, throwing <laughs> out nets. I love it. The other thing was that when that happened, that scene at the end of you know the squad, the squad north of the wall, is that that's what I thought the whole episode was going to be. I thought the whole episode was going to be the scenes that literally followed that would have followed that. The credits started rolling, and I was like, "This is where I thought we were going to be."
0: Yeah, if we're talking East East Watch, well. yeah, I totally agree. But I just like I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around. Okay, so they're gonna get one White Walker and bring it to King's Landing to then mm-hmm. get everybody to push everything behind the efforts of stopping everything happening north of the Wall, and then after that they'll go back to the war, <laughs> right? I maybe mean, maybe it's about the
1: friends you make along the way.
0: <laughs> maybe it's about the friends you make along, but, 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 but right, like right that's like- kind of what this this idea is and what they're trying to accomplish. Like, so this is Danny. And all of them saying, yes, let's put our efforts behind what's happening north of the wall.
1: This goes back to your question earlier when you asked Prom and I what we thought about Daenerys moving toward her position as the Mad Queen. I don't know if the fire and brimstone that Tyrion walked through or the looks that they shared on the beach in the last episode. I don't know if it says that Danny is headed on that path. I don't know if she needs to be continually compared to. Something that her father did. Mm-hmm. I got a sense of things being different. I don't know if it was like this in the past for the Targaryens. I don't know if they had the kind of connection that John and Danny might have. I don't know if all the stakes were the same. You know, I don't know if they had a Cersei. I don't know if they had a Barak Darian and the Hound and, and Gendry and a dream team with Robert's Jor- Warhammer yeah, just kidding. You know, <laughs> heading north to the wall. I don't know if they had all of this. So I don't know if. If we can say that Daenerys might fall into the same trap as before, I don't know if her fierceness and her power are the wrong thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think it's they could very well possibly be the good thing. We don't know the answer. So when what was your question now? Because I had a reason to connect it.
0: <laughs> My question now is: is so is Danny then pausing her take of King's Landing to fight North?
2: I don't know if she's pausing it. I also don't believe that her motivation is pure I'm not, I'm not saying that sounds like she has ulterior motives i just don't think that like she cares about the white walker thing she's just like whatever the i can't believe i called it the white walker thing i don't think she cares about the impending threat that will kill everyone with certainty
1: you just need some proof promo <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> she keeps hearing john talk about it and she's like okay fine do your thing also i'm becoming attracted to and i hate it um but she's also she's going to trust john a little more so it's more that it's more her believing in John than it actually believing in the White Walkers. The evidence is mounting, but I still don't like... That's a great point. He's It's still the matter of him having seen and fought them, and that is just puts him on such a different plane of dealing with this than everyone else. And once they see and fight them, it's going to be the same thing. Everyone who sees and fights them kind of comes back with that same fervor, like Sam.
1: Do you feel that Tyrion can see Daenerys's mind working and see why she's agreeing to a decision like this? Do you think that he knows with that look at Danny after that look that she gave to John when they were saying bye I just to me I have a feeling that we we might be shaken up on a on another thread that might get tugged. I don't know if it' be at the end of this season or somewhere in the next where that relationship, which was so stressed by Varys in this episode, might get shaken by his I don't know questioning of her agreement to stuff based on her connection with John versus business.
2: Yeah, I think Tyrion is for one of the first times since they've met kind of doubting Daenerys. Not necessarily her leadership, but at least her means.
0: Wasn't this all his method? idea, though? Sort of.
1: Yeah, it was. And it was a good idea. I know that it's a bit silly, but what if it could potentially end the compl- conflict with, with Cersei, even if it's just for now, if they could just stop for a minute and go address the threat coming down from Eastwatch? When you think about everyone and the dragons, They seem so much more, you know, surmountable.
2: Mm -hmm. I kind of read that look he gave her though more as, I still see the fear in there that he's like, okay, she's doing, you know, this makes sense now. She's making what seems like the right decision to me. She's acting rationally, but who knows? But why? Who knows if she's going to just send Drogon north too. I
0: think the reality is setting in for Tyrion more and more every day. And last episode, they had this conversation about whether or not Tyrion was actually genuinely loyal to Danny, or if he's still a Lannister. And I think that this is a way to resolve the conflict without having to murder his whole family, which I don't think that he wants to do. Even if he does believe in Danny's cause, I don't think that he wants to see Cersei and Jaime go down.
1: He does feel like a Varys, and I don't, I don't want to say a little finger, but his attitude toward Jaime... When they were in the Dragon Room, and his look toward Daenerys, I saw this. I know it was the same character, but it's it's sometimes easy to, I guess, think of everyone that's in Danny's camp as resolutely in Danny's camp mm-hmm. because they're following Daenerys and she's Daenerys. But mm. when Tyrion is in King's Landing, he's Tyrion, and I I'll bet that like Varys, he even though we love him, and when he swears about a Daenerys, like I said, I don't even think twice about it. But in his head, he's probably you know, wanting the equal, he wants the equilibrium in Westeros to be fine for whoever. If it's Daenerys, it it seems like it has to be Daenerys right now. But he's also talking to Jamie. and you know what I mean. Like it's, I feel like he's keeping things in mind while he's counseling Daenerys, and
0: absolutely, I don't
1: know if she would yeah. like that knowledge.
0: But that's why that's why he's good for her. Yeah, because I think he brings the real. Westerosi political perspective into somebody who at the end of the day really is a foreigner.
1: And Vera's drinking that wine and <laughs> seemed to be a little shook about, you know, sort of flashbacks to his time with Danny. What's going on there?
0: Both of them, I sorry, I just loved them
2: Drinking wine in the throne room, like that's realistically, if we were all in Westeros, that's what I would be yes. doing. Yes, I would be posting up in the throne room when no one's around, drinking wine and
0: gossiping
1: after hours in the stairwell.
0: Oh, that's what we do anyway. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we do right now, right, still at it. I do want to say, I do think before we we get to more reunions, that this what Varys tells Tyrion, and and I know that. Zach, you made a good point about the fact that like we don't always have to be comparing Danny to anything else necessarily. But I do like that Varys has this perspective as Tyrion, whatever he's thinking right now and however he's feeling about what's going on, we can kind of argue. but, But I liked what Varys said about this is what I told myself when I watched all these burning people beg for mercy. I'm not the one doing it. And he says over and over again, like, I'm not the one doing it. I'm not the one doing it. And that Tyrion's the right man with the right counsel. And so I, I like the fact that we've got Varys to bring that perspective of what things were like before into this whole mix. I just
1: don't know how to feel about it because I've always felt so secure in his guidance and his presence in the series. And also when he's with characters that I like, I feel like he's in good, they're in good hands because Varys has a plan or he's been thinking about things at least. But he has, has shared those moments with Melisandre. Now he's drinking wine. Which he doesn't like to be off his game. Now he's saying that Tyrion, he's always given Tyrion credit, but he's, he's telling Tyrion, you're the guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm shook.
0: Like I read through <laughs> a genuine moment from Varys. He's had a few of those this season, which I really mm-hmm. liked
2: seeing. He's kind of just over in the way that Littlefinger is still playing his games and manipulating people. Varys has sort of grown out of that and is like, I need to take care of myself and, take care and like,
1: secure the future.
0: Because Melisandre told him he's gonna die.
1: I think the game's just <laughs> changed Westeros. so much that they've lost their way. Mm-hmm. Well, it has. You know yeah. what I mean? He's just kind of looking around and what's he gonna do? <laughs> Kybern's Kybern's doing his Spring thing. Freaking
0: Landing. <laughs> Kybern needs to just, like, retire. The game has definitely changed.
1: Quick honorable mention to the detective sequence that they shot in Winterfell when Arya was following Littlefinger around. <laughs> the music around.
2: could have been very, like, Pink Panther type.
0: She's, like, moving in and out
1: of behind walls. Standing just enough to look at him. I have discovered a great new wine that is not only amazing, but it is Game of Thrones themed. This is a craft wine that is amazing and really captures the essence of the Game of Thrones series. We and members of the community were excited when we heard that Game of Thrones was launching their own series of official wines. And I'm very happy to report that from the labeling to the flavors available to the actual quality, they nailed it.
0: These three wines were made by Bob Cabral. He's a living legend, fourth generation grape grower and has been making wines for over 30 years. He made a perfect 100-point Pinot Noir and over 100 wines that have been ranked 95 points or higher. Wine enthusiasts named him Winemaker of the Year. So when Game of Thrones wanted to make serious wines, they turned to the best.
1: These wines are not only Game of Thrones-themed, but also amazing. The bottles are Game of Thrones-themed, and there are three varieties, a Chardonnay, a Cabernet, and a red wine blend, all from fantastic vineyards in California. If you're looking for a personal favorite, I highly recommend the red blend. But all three are delicious and a perfect addition to a Game of Thrones viewing party.
0: And we have an exclusive offer for Game of Thrones listeners. You can get a free Game of Thrones corkscrew with any wine purchase. This is a $10 value absolutely free. This is a no-brainer to get amazing, high-quality wine from a world-renowned winemaker.
1: So, to get your own amazing Game of Thrones-themed wines, go to GameOfThronesWines.com and enter coupon code WINTER to receive a free Game of Thrones corkscrew, a $10 value, which is yours to keep long after you've enjoyed the wines.
0: That's GameOfThronesWines.com and enter coupon code WINTER.
1: Don't wait.
0: Winter is here, and you will need to have this wine to survive the coming storm.
1: Today's show is sponsored by Blue Apron.
0: Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country.
1: For less than $10 a meal, they deliver seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients right to your door.
0: I just got back from a weekend in Providence with our guest Proma, and it is so nice to come home and have all of the fresh ingredients I need to make a delicious meal right there at my door.
1: Blue Apron is completely flexible, so you can customize your recipes each week and choose a delivery option that fits your needs. And Blue Apron's Freshness Guarantee promises that every ingredient arrives ready to cook or they'll make it right.
0: Some of the meals available in August include basil pesto chicken with summer vegetable panzanella, sautéed shrimp and green beans with globe tomatoes, spinach and orzo pasta, whole grain pasta and summer vegetables with heirloom tomato caprese salad, miso butter salmon and lo mein noodles with cucumber and charmed tomatoes and meatball pizza with fresh mozzarella cheese and charmed tomatoes.
1: Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash owns. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait.
0: That's blueapron.com slash owns. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. So that scroll. Wait, we should talk about this scroll. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. the real question of the hour is who has screenshotted that scroll? Um, <laughs> and have we found it yet? So <laughs>
2: I didn't find a sc- screenshot, but um, what I did find. I mean, I'll just link you guys to this while we one second. This is so it's an old scroll that Sansa sent home to Rob when she was in King's Landing in like season one, mm-hmm. informing him
0: of Robert's death. And is this what Cersei asked? So this is the note that Cersei asked her to send way back when.
1: The one that she definitely did not write on her own accord. Right. That oh, little no. finger definitely knows that she didn't write that on her own accord.
0: We have the full text. Should we just go ahead and read the whole thing? I think that by the time this episode airs, we'll, we'll have screenshots everywhere. But this is this is what she said. This is what she said as... A refresher. It says, Rob, I write to you with a heavy heart. Our good King Robert is dead, killed from wounds he took in a boar hunt. Father has been charged with treason. He conspired with Robert's brothers against my beloved Joffrey and tried to <gasps> steal his throne. Gag. The Lannisters are treating me very well and provide me with every comfort. I beg you, come to King's Landing, swear fealty to King Joffrey, and prevent any strife between the great houses of Lannister and Stark.
1: It's a well-written email. It you is a
0: well-written email and good punctuation.
1: To mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the something To the point. That
2: and- it's, this is where, again, those missing years for Arya and Sansa come in, because that's the Sansa that Arya last knew, mm-hmm. the one who would say something like this. Like Even though Sansa was really shocked by everything that happened and when her father was charged with treason, by then she and Arya were barely speaking. and Arya wouldn't have doubted back then or now that Sansa asked Robb to swear fealty to King Joffrey and that Sansa herself was, Joff- was loyal to Joffrey. And in public, that's what she was always saying, you know, like, I love my king and All of that.
1: There's no way that Arya believes Sansa wrote this for sure. You don't think so? Or that she believed what she was writing. You
0: don't think that that's what they're setting up?
1: Even if she did, why would she be mad about it now?
0: I hope that by now, I mean, again, this is why they need
2: to talk. Like, by now, if they've had a little, just a conversation, Arya would know all this horrible stuff about Joffrey. I mean, she still, they talked about it right when they first met about Joffrey and hating Joffrey. Like, she must know that no matter whatever this says, this is someone. You know, this was the writing, even if it were true, of like a much more young, naive
0: Sansa, Mm -hmm. who
2: within days would come to hate Joffrey with a burning passion. I
0: hope that this is another swing and miss for Littlefinger. Um, Like I said earlier, I do think that if there's going to be a rift, that this is probably the right place for him to go. And so I do hope that this is another miss, but I I have a small fear that Arya is going to see this and it just continues to fuel this whatever we've resentment seen. yeah whatever we've yeah. seen between them you know i'm I'm That's concerned a point about, about that
2: swing in the mist maybe yeah maybe aria's found it and she the next scene is she goes back down that hallway where little fingers smiling his dumb smile and just like Punches
1: him in the face. <laughs> she turns into Sansa, seduces him, then she kills him. Oh. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Holy
2: shit. <laughs> I'm stressed. Can I'm sweating,
1: everyone. Can you Holy shit.
0: imagine? <laughs> no.
1: They're definitely going to do that.
0: That is my new favorite. Just like Arya wearing Sansa's face, just like seducing. Like Littlefinger is ready to go ew, it'll ew, be like ew, the horcrux
1: ew. in book six there's no way that they would have ever done that harry and hermione but since it's like a, a vision those bodies can be doing mm-hmm. it ew, <laughs> ew, so you ew, could be, you could potentially have <laughs> sansa giving him just... a look like she would never give him
2: i was, I was like stop, we'll... stop stop i know it's disgusting <laughs> to me but also i don't think they'll i mean i hope they won't do that i don't put anything past these writers now but like they opened with Arya you know pulling a face and all that so I hope they don't resort to that again as like a gimmick in the season they just need to Arya and Sansa need to have a talk have their slumber party and then get a little tipsy and be like yo let's just (laughs) kill this guy and then go kill him together little finger that is my fanfic
0: Mine Jeez. is, unfortunately, the seduction one now. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, that's where we're at.
1: All my fanfic is written from the perspective of Bran just at that tree in Winterfell. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the one tweet of Bran that's just like, you ever been this high? <laughs> that's favorite one. Also, uh, that's so three-eyed raven.
1: Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> you
2: ever been this high? Bran is just too woke <laughs> now. Every Bran meme.
1: Okay, so those crows, when he was working into the crows. <laughs> Ugh, I I don't want to keep talking about Harry Potter, but the company, but also that was the coolest bird sequence. It was I know very cool. kind of a kind of a lame point, but what does it everyone have to do that's with listening. Harry I just thought they could have made the owls look that cool. <laughs> okay, interesting. I realized that it was like 15 years ago, but
0: no, but I I, I did really like that they sweep over Eastwatch, but thought it was really cool. We got this like overhead view of that, and then we get over into all of the the whites coming over towards them, and I loved 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 the Night King looking up and noticing and that brings oh, Bran yeah. out of it because I'm just so interested in this connection that they have and what that means and what that's going to do and how that's going to play out and so to to see that that instant moment there I thought was really really cool. Man. <laughs> so I mean we've seen the preview for the next episode and we've got again John the Hound, Beric Dondarrion, Gendry, Thoros. Squad, squad, squad. I All almost the squad. said Theon. <laughs> It's <laughs> not true. Ugh. Tormund, Jorah, heading north. And th- I mean, that's where they're headed to. Right. And and that the conversation that they have in wherever they were in the basement of Eastwatch, where the Hound and Thoros and Bear were were hanging out about how. Who says that we're here at the edge of the world at the same moment?
1: Oh, Beric stood up and had the amazing speech. Yes. That was shut down by Sandor a little Costic. early. But mm-hmm. but he was like, hey, guys, look around. He was like, you think that look
0: around, look around, Gendry
1: with his hammer or John with his hair are all here for no reason?
0: How lucky we are to be alive right now.
1: Look how handsome those two are. <laughs> this is not a random event. <laughs> Thanks, Hannah. I got your
0: Hamilton <laughs> reference <laughs> from us. Thank you. Also, when
2: Zach started talking about, like, him with his hammer and him with his hair, I started thinking about the Avengers.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: well, I mean. Not wrong. Yeah, I mean, did you see the final shot? The seven walking into hell? hmm
0: And what a squad. I mean, we think about, and Honestly, we got a little bit of this as they're down there in, in the cell, but these people who are here, the Brotherhood, Gendry recognizing who they are, remembering what they had done. Done to Gendry him.
2: Period. Like Gendry Gendry period. Gendry showed back up, and in the course of like twenty minutes, he started from the bottom too, and then he was like now I'm he's going like this key player.
0: The We've got Tourmond who's like talking to Jorah about how he's a Mormont, <laughs> and it just all of these different things. The the dynamic here is just. I know we talk a lot about crazy that these people are on the screen at the same time having these conversations, but these people are just a bunch of misfits <laughs> and they're all I'd on the same side. love that point so much. They are. And, and who said, I, again, I can't remember who said everything, but they say they're on the same side because they're all breathing. Was that John? He's like, we're I on the same so. side because yeah. we're Real. all breathing.
1: Real. It's wow. Just,
0: what a crazy, it's I just, just, I can't wrap my head around this yet. Mm-hmm.
1: I was thinking my notes pretty much are, are a, uh, wasteland of superlatives. And I know that we're not supposed to feel proud of that or cool or interesting, but I don't care. I'm talking to my friends on Sunday night after we just watched that episode. It was awesome. You know, <laughs> they stood with each other and said, alright, right, we'll walk into uh the north. And I and I thought to myself, you know, that whole army that they cut to, I believe that it might be unbelievable to think that they should walk toward them. But, but those guys, they might be able to take on that whole army. They I might mean, be able <laughs> to do it
2: still just very stressed about everything but yes i think I, again like i feel you <laughs> it looks like episode six looks like it's going to be what i thought episode five would be and all honestly what i thought this whole season would be from the beginning the pacing of it has really thrown me off because it's when different. they said when they said the pacing was going to be faster than what we'd seen in previous seasons i thought that meant like things are just going to start happening what it turns out they meant mostly was like everyone travels really fast like yeah. this episode when they're just like flitting back and forth from King's Landing. That's been an adjustment. I think I'm still kind of adjusting to that. And mm-hmm. that's why this season is just sometimes messing with me. You're
1: right there. It's not less complicated. It's just more.
2: Yeah. And in some cases, sometimes it's it's still exciting to watch. But in some cases, I think the scenes they chose to show in those episodes didn't necessarily make sense. Like a lot of what happened in this episode could have been done quicker or in less scenes or with less like jumping around or even set up in previous episodes
1: Which parts of it do you think should have been scattered around or moved or maybe didn't fit right There's
2: just so much I feel like maybe Jon and the like Drogon could have had their moment earlier that's a small thing It was just, it was just so much back and forth it was just I want to like break it down and count how many scenes there were compared with like a random episode from the past because it uh-huh. was so many and so many shorter scenes, like two minute scenes and stuff, which we never do on this show.
0: Like, I felt like that was something that was more reminiscent of earlier seasons when everybody was completely in different spaces. But now right. that we're all kind The story condensed. It feels different that we're skipping around that much because we're skipping around amongst the same people instead of us skipping around completely different sides of the continent. But I think that's yeah. interesting. Genji. I know. Gendry. I want to talk. <laughs> Another Gendry point that we haven't touched on is Gendry and John talking about their dads.
1: Yeah. Gendry and John standing in the cave talking about their dads. Gendry came back into the show better than ever. When the camera panned on him, the camera loved him. He was Gendry Baratheon, first of his name. And he, he knew st- it.
0: He knew every bit of it. (laughs) (laughs) And they're talking about the stories that they grew up on about their dads. And Gendry's like, "I want our dads were friends. I want to follow you. A Baratheon I like. My heart. (laughs) I hope Gendry and Arya get
2: to meet soon. Oh. Me too.
1: And John will be there.
2: Man. And Sansa. And Podrick. And 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 (laughs) Brianna Tormund. It's just... (laughs) The finale is just like a
0: eight. Everyone's wedding. in the same room. Yeah. The finale is everyone's just standing in the same room and they're all talking over each it's other lost. really fast. <laughs> oh, don't even. Wow. Okay. Oh, first of no. all, nobody talk about how. Okay. I'm not even going to go the into most Lost. Important I just part got of flustered. is the
2: time you spend with these Stop. people, John? You needed,
0: all of them and they needed you. <laughs> I can't talk about Lost right no now. I got very flustered.
2: No one does it alone, Jon Snow. Oh, my God. Proma, okay. I'm Parallels
0: are real. Again. But like for real, imagine just the last season is just going to be everybody trying not to get burned or mm, and in the same room.
1: What if we're being a little too sheepish on how complicated next season could be and we see real love drama play out between Jamie, Brienne, and it could be, It could happen.
2: Here's my thing. I don't, this maybe, uh, this is another thing. I'm also stressed because I'm like, we have two more, two more episodes and I feel like so much still needs to happen and that was part of why I was stressed for the previous five episodes because I was like, there's just so much to do. Like we got to get moving. It's been a stressful season. It's just, we need, I need a 10 episode season. I need next season to be a 10 episode season. And there's just too much to do. And I'm really looking forward to, yeah.
0: I feel like I've been waiting as, as you talked about promo. the whole, we we thinking about going into Eastwatch or thinking, well, this is going to be a heavy centric episode on stuff that's happening north of the wall. And that didn't necessarily end up happening after next episode. We're going to feel a little bit more, like we've made some progress, you know. I feel like we've we've yeah. been building to this, and so like, I'm really excited about like what last week did for um for me and for a lot of other people, except Hannah.
2: I'm <laughs> pumped for next week. I think I'm going to rewatch Hard Home just to like get amped
1: mm-hmm. and watch the door, the last scene when they attack the tree as well. Ooh, yeah. Oh man. Well, so scary. I
0: rewatched Blackwater for our rewatch the throne, which was cool. Blackwater because. We had a shout out to Blackwater in this episode when Davos and Tyrion rolled to King's Landing. And Tyrion says, the last time I was here... I killed my dad, and Davos says, "Last time I was here, you burned wildfire and killed my son." <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> he Davos is so cartoonishly does chill. Not a mess around, yeah, but but he can pull it off. Like promo was saying earlier, yeah, you're something, right. That coming from Davos doesn't bother me. And that was like a mic
2: drop. He said it, and I was like, oof, like yeah. I, I need some yep. aloe vera for my burn.
1: Man. Yeah, I think I said oof.
2: <laughs> yeah. It was a real oof.
1: Also, quick shout out to his quick thinking that he planned ahead of time with the aphrodisiacs. Here's what he did. I'm going to give <laughs> these guys money. Here's the plan just in case. I'll <laughs> fill these guys' hands with money, and then I'll tell them that I have some spoiled crab that will allow them to perform at the brothel the way that they believe that they should.
2: The way that Podrick Payne does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the
1: way that Pod does, au oh, naturel. And they're like, wait, hold on a second. I got this money. I got this crab. Uh, Perfect. Davos, you're a genius.
0: (laughs) When Tyrion starts walking, Tyrion has this moment of, what should I do? And he just keeps walking. I was yelling.
1: I've been there. I've been there. (laughs) (laughs) I've
0: been there. And we all, because
2: it took a moment, too. I was like, he's just walking. I was like, wait, you can't do this here. Then
0: Gendry saves the day. Mm. Gendry. He
1: can stay. Who would have known that we would get a casual exterior of King's Landing, Davos smuggling Tyrion and Gendry, and like a, just a casual shot of, of Tyrion. Just, I think he was walking with his hands in his pockets, almost just, <laughs> just almost getting captured King's at King's landing. King's landing. Yeah,
0: after talking to <laughs> just Jamie, met up with Jamie.
1: Yep. I only thought they were going to meet on a fiery battlefield in season eight yeah. for like a minute before they killed each other. Me too. And then now, or that he was going to be
0: captured or something. Mm-hmm. But no, we get Jamie in kings are we get jamie's in king's landing that's not surprising we get Tyrion in (laughs) king's landing well
1: sort of after last episode it's kind of surprising
0: that is surprising yeah i mean real talk
1: real talk what but i like it though i i I love it it's fine I just i don't know i get it it's
0: fine but i just it was very surprising to me but man i mean (laughs) can we are we at the point that we can give our owns our favorite favorite moment
1: yeah i know that we could keep talking about this for hours probably should
0: yeah let's let's do it this
1: episode was called east watch I'm not sure why it was so heavily titled Eastwatch, other than Eastwatch being one of the coolest episode names, in my opinion. Also, we got that awesome location shot of East Watch, In the
0: opening credits. And
1: in the opening credits. And it was a lot cooler than most locations have ever looked. So, hell yeah, for some Northern Westeros love. And uh, for the scale of the architecture there in such a remote location, I thought it added a lot of scale. After the fact, there's so many things I want to say. I just will save it for the Thursday episode. I'm going to give my own to Bron for somehow convincing Jamie that he needed to go into a room full of dragon skulls to train with his sword. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like to get him that mm-hmm. far down after that fight. And after traveling back to King's Landing and also for connecting he and Tyrion much earlier than we thought and much easier than I think we all expected.
2: Mm-hmm. His two bros. I know. Bron and Bronn, bro. with his,
1: his early advice in the episode as well. He, he, laid it out real for jamie the fuck were you thinking back yeah. yes that's how we and all he were thinking also
2: was like i'm out He was like i'm not doing this anymore there are massive dragons involved
1: also owned to Jon snow and drogon
2: that's what, yeah that's Period. what i thought you were
1: yeah. gonna <laughs> for sure say <laughs> I, I almost i got i don't know i felt emotional after the pet night that i'd had you know it mm-hmm. was just it was it was good mm-hmm. so onto that
0: okay i'm ready yeah promo you want to go
2: next my own for this episode and honestly every episode ever is davos seaworth <laughs> my fave I love perfect. Him so much perfect. the voice of reason the star of the show that's great fantastic <laughs> perfect
1: he really is the star in our hearts
2: everything he does is gold I hope he lives forever.
1: He's lived this long. Yeah. So he's like, don't listen to me. I'm just made. Th- I'm just an old fuck that's made it this far. or Whatever he says, <laughs> <Yeah>. anyway. <laughs> exactly. exactly.
2: Um, he's like, yeah. He was like, nobody pay me any mind. I've done nothing except live to a ripe old age. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna give my own to annulment. Good one. And Ragar, Ragar, whatever, however Gilly pronounces it, I can't help but give my own to that in everything that happened in this episode. So own to Gilly, own to Annulment, and own to ArpaSali equals J. J. If you want to send in your owns and if you want to participate with us, you can do so in a number of different ways. If you want to send us your pictures of Gendry rowing, which we've already tweeted out, but there's more opportunities. Mm. If you have You know, whatever it is, make sure you use the hashtag 2K17 for us to guarantee you to read it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you can reach us in a number of different ways. You can find us on Twitter, at Game of Owns, or on Facebook, Game of Owns. Or if you have lots of thoughts and feelings, you can send that in an email to contact at GameofOwns.com.
1: Honestly, we welcome all iterations of your Genji related fan art, hammer or not. The of hammer ours. preferred.
2: I think we I think we're asking for a lot of Gendry, Gendry and Thor mashups at this point because of the <laughs> hammer thing. Yeah, we are
0: so bring it. <laughs> Promo's my target audience.
1: Promo, thank you <laughs> so much my... for joining us tonight. I know it's late and it's Sunday, and you were writing for Game of Thrones tonight. And thank you for making the time and talking to us.
0: No, it was a delight. This is so fun. It's been a dream to have you on our show with us, so I'm just thank so happy you. to be Skyping with you again, Hannah,
2: <laughs> 11 years later.
0: As you mentioned at the beginning of the episode, Promo has been doing a ton of work for Mashable with Game of Thrones this season. Promo, do you want to tell everybody how they can find you? Yes, I would love to.
2: Um, so if you go to Mashable.com backslash entertainment, you can find not only my Game of Thrones content, but all of my amazing, hilarious, super nerdy, intense Game of Thrones fan co-workers posts. We have... Everything from an explainer of the Golden Company to who is Dickon and why does he matter? RIP. So it's, all of that is there um, on our Facebook page. Also, every Monday, I host a morning show called Good Day Westeros oh, with yes. two of my colleagues. <laughs> we drink coffee and wear capes and talk about the previous episode. And it's silly, but it's really fun. And hopefully people enjoy that. And if you want to just heckle me personally on Twitter, I am at promo it up. Don't actually heckle me. Just send me Gendry gifs and Davos. Davos <laughs> Especially <means>. Davos.
1: <laughs> you should also check out Proma's in-depth interview one-on-one with Ramin Javadi from last year. That was yes. a pretty awesome deep dive. I love the... Insight you pulled up.
2: Thank you. That is on Vanity Fair. I
1: remember reading that when we were going to talk to him last year. It was helpful that someone close had spoken, paved the way, you know, and we already yeah that kind was of what... had something to build off of.
2: Well, I met, finally, I got to meet him in person at the concert this year, and his publicists were like. So grateful and so happy to see me. They were like, any concert you want to come to in any city, like, because I guess I was the first person last year who interviewed him, Mm -hmm. and then that just started like a wave.
0: Yeah, we copied
1: you. Really cool. Definitely, if that's okay. (laughs) No,
2: absolutely. I want him to get all the love in the world. He's the real, the real MVP.
1: He really is. Also, quick mention at the end of the show to the score of this episode. What was going on when Danny was on the hill? Talk about season one, Khaleesi Mm -hmm. coming back.
2: Jeez.
1: Okay, uh, Rewatch the Throne. This is Blackwater Week. It's a big deal. Big battles are happening in season seven, but we're also throwing down some big battles on Stitcher Premium. You can listen to Rewatch the Throne at rewatchthethrone.com. And we welcome you to join us.
0: I've been super excited and rewatched to finally get to Blackwater because I think this may be one of my wo- most watched episodes of the whole series. So, And
1: we didn't get to record on this podcast, Blackwater at all. So it's really our, you and I's first conversation talk about, about it. it.
0: Yeah, I'm super excited.
1: It is by popular demand the month of August and we would love to invite you to rate and review our podcast on itunes if you like game of bones five stars will do thank you very much
0: and lastly if you want to support us on patreon you can do so by heading over to patreon.com slash goo we've got tons of old content back there particularly our squad of ice and fire podcast which is
1: just Promo might be on one of those
0: i think Proma is on a couple on if Proma's not on A Squad of Ice and Fire, 90% of the stories I tell on A Squad of Ice and Fire involve Proma in some way. Uh, yeah. We'll put some not, far outtakes in. I've been on that, but... You may have been on that without knowing. What? <laughs> Oops. Anyway, you can go over to patreon.com and that. check that out.
2: Do you just record our conversations all the time? <laughs> no.
1: We were recording tonight, by the way, also. promo. What? So thank, thanks again. You recorded this? <laughs> yes. Oh my God. It's fitting. Such an important episode with such a close friend, but also guest yeah. mid-season. The family is is it's a large family, but it's a close family.
0: It's been really fun. As we have said, this whole season, having so many different perspectives and people on with us to talk about what they're doing within fandom and bring that to our show and bring that to just how we watch the season has been really, really fun. So thanks so much, Proma. We really appreciate it. Yeah, I love it. I could talk nerdy with you guys all day.